Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name's Casey. My name's Matt. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So Matt, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Well, you are. Yes, that's what this episode is all about. You know, when Matt and I were going through our list of episodes, we recognize that we've been very Disney heavy and very Pixar heavy, and we've had a Star Wars episode, but I don't think we've even talked about Marvel yet on on our episodes yet, have we? Besides Avengers Campus, that's it. That would be the only Otherwise, we haven't talked any movies or shows or anything like that. So we thought, what better way to bring Marvel, uh, not just the campus, but Marvel into our universe by doing a top 10. And so that's what we're going to do. If you guys remember, we had an episode a few weeks back, the top 10 Disney characters. Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do the top 10-ish uh, Marvel uh, <laughs> cinematic universe characters. And we say ish. Why do we say ish, Matt? Well, with our top 10 Disney characters, the, the pool of characters to choose from was so huge. Whereas the top MCU characters, there's just a smaller pool. And so we're figuring there's going to be a lot of crossover between our two lists. So it'll be a top 10-ish. Yeah, and, and I think it's important also to just kind of put it out there that um first of all we've not discussed this so i don't know your list you don't know mine number two we maybe also used some different criteria about why these people are on the list uh i say people because they may not all be people but these characters are all on the list um uh, you know what you know i know when i went through mine it was what was their contribution to the mcu as a whole you know, so I, again, I don't know what you use. And again, these aren't always all my favorite characters either. These are just characters who I think are meaningful to the MCU, at least from how I chose mine. How about you? Yeah, I went with more like characters that made an impact in the MCU, but also I went with a little of the marketability of them and the popularity of them to a general audience rather than just for a, uh, you know, comic book fan audience. So that, it, it, that that was kind of my criteria as well. Or, and some of them were definitely just characters I think are just really, really good. There you go. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and get started with our number 10. Matt, I'm going to allow you to have the honors. What is your number 10, sir? My number 10 is Black Panther. Kicking it off Ooh. with Black Panther. Um, nice. I think that this character is a really, he's just cool. And his whole arc of the idea of the Black Panther is that it's the leader of this country, not just a superhero that operates. So like it would it would be the equivalent of Captain America, whoever holds that helm being the president of the United States. And now that's not how that works, but that's the America equivalent, whereas this Black Panther is the leader of Wakanda. And mm-hmm. Just really, really a cool character, a cool storyline. And that movie really opened up brand new technology and all this stuff in the MCU. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's funny. I, I don't have Black Panther on my list. Uh, I think he's an amazing pick, though. Uh, and and it's Chadwick Boseman, right? I believe is the one who played him. Yes. Played, played them. 
you know, he, he the way he plays him and the way we first see him, I believe it's in Civil War, uh, and, and then and then to see him come in, you know, he owns that 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 character and he owns that movie so much so, you know, you and I I think have had this conversation offline that you know in Avengers: Infinity War, the directors ended up having to shoot some more scenes with him just because of how popular he ended up becoming. Um, you know, once Black Panther came out, right? Vengeance has consumed you. It's consuming them. I'm done letting it consume me. Justice will come soon enough. Tell that to the dead. living are not done with you yet my number 10 um is actually pretty generic but you know he, we have to put him on here because without this character we would not have the mcu and that is iron man uh iron man is my number 10 did he was he on your list at all he is my number one actually wow talk about so, a different um, so- well, I I have a feeling that the reasons that I'm about ready to lay out are very similar to what you're going to lay out for being his number being number one. As I said, without Iron Man, we would not have this universe. Without Iron Man, the movie, we would not have this universe. Without Tony Stark and his technology, we would not have the weapon systems, the the story plots, the the various things that have driven MCU uh, the way that uh, the way that it has been done and you can look at the whole 23 episode 23 movie arc and see literally Stark Stark Industries Iron Man pervasive throughout all of it and guiding all of it and so for that reason I feel that the the list on my end has to start with this man because of how important he is in fact you're going to see in some of my other picks that I'm not done with Iron Man so um but why is he your number 1 so he's my my top MCU character because I think as a character, he is so interesting where he starts out as this totally selfish, totally self-centered in Iron Man. And even in Iron Man 2, he's still like this cocky, cocky, I'm Iron Man, look at me. And Iron Man 3, while that isn't my favorite movie, he gets knocked down a peg. And you kind of see this evolution in the Avengers films and Iron Man 3 and all these subsequent films where he's still like very has that narcissistic tendency, but not as blatant as it used to be. And then the whole arc of of him at the end of Endgame with the self-sacrifice, sorry, spoiler alert, with the self-sacrifice. Um, <laughs> if you haven't had over a year. <laughs> Um, so I, I think I think his character is so well developed and one of the best developed characters in the MCU. And that's why he's my my top one. I agree. I agree. So let me give you my nine because I want to uh, stay along this Iron Man theme. Actually, I'm going to give you my nine and my eight. I'm going to cheat a little bit because I do feel that these two, without these next two characters, Iron Man does not, is not the character that, that he is. My number nine is Pepper Potts and my number eight is Jarvis. So Mm. Pepper, she grounds Tony. 
in, in, in literally every sense of the word. But uh, she grounds Tony, right? She she is, um, you know, when you we first had introduced to her in Iron Man, the first one, you know, she's the secretary, she's the administrative assistant. He gives he eventually gives her the 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 CEO of the company in Iron Man two, but she she pulls him back a little bit she pulls him back to reality and to watch to watch tony stark's arc go from iron man to endgame you know you also watch pepper potts arc go that way too the the romantic relationship the you know morgan that they end up having as a kid the fact that he doesn't want to go and do the time heist and endgame you know is all because of what pepper does to to really ground him in in making him realize that he can rest that it's okay and so i think that pepper even though she's a side character i don't feel you have tony stark without pepper potts that being said jarvis is the other side of that jarvis is the other mistress jarvis is the one that allows tony to think creatively he's his creative equal now mind you tony stark can only have a creative equal of his own design the proposed element should serve as a viable replacement for palladium next unfortunately it is impossible to synthesize uh-huh Get ready for a major remodel, fellas. We're back in hardware mode. That's what Jarvis is, and he's able to bounce ideas off of him. He's able to to use him to think whether an idea is creative enough or is going to work. And then so much so that in Age of Ultron, you know, Tony says, all right, let's take Jarvis's wealth of information and ends up making vision, right? So, you know, Jarvis slash vision is kind of those, that's almost like a triad, you know, you got Tony Stark, Pepper and Jarvis kind of as the, as the, um, the, the three that end up being Tony's arc as he goes along. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hemmed and hawed with myself in my basement um, and with, <laughs> do I include Pepper Potts in this? Uh-huh. It, it, you know, I talked at the beginning, you know, it's, oh, this is g- going to be much easier because we, we have less of a pool of characters to pull from. And actually that made it a little bit harder because there mm-hmm. are just so many good characters. So she was not in my top 10, but I mean, honestly, very easily could have been. It was just, uh, yeah. um, honestly, it was between her and Black Panther. I was like, ah, ha, 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 and I ended up just picking Black Panther. All right. Well, let's have your number nine, sir. So I'll do my nine and eight. They are not related, yeah. but uh, I'll, I'll do them <laughs> anyway. <laughs> my number nine is Winter Soldier. I think this is another character that has a really nice arc that you go from Captain America, the first Avenger to where he's just like Captain America's best friend to he's the enemy now in the winter soldier to his like redemption process and his figuring out who he is. I think this is just a really interesting one and to see his friendship with Captain America is, is, is cool. That's a cool, like, um, that's a cool uh, relationship there. Yeah. Yeah. And then my number eight was Thor. I had him lower on this list than maybe some people would. And part of that is because I don't think that Thor really hit his stride as a character until Ragnarok. Agreed. Agreed. I I think his character was just very bland. Not bad, but just kind of one-dimensional and... Eh, just kind of okay yeah you're there 
it's it's the neutral character that he's not going to be my least favorite, but he's also not going to be my favorite. But after Ragnarok and in Infinity War and Endgame, you really get an interesting character who goes through this depressive state where I couldn't save everybody and I'm supposed to be this all-powerful god. And I thought that that's an interesting way to take that character. Hey, big guy. The sun's getting real low. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I went round and round of whether I was going to include Thor on my list, and and I chose not to. And what's ironic about that is Thor is my second favorite character of the MCU behind Doctor Strange. I absolutely love Doctor Strange, and I love Thor. In fact, I loved Thor before Doctor Strange. He was my number one. But when I looked at the totality of the MCU, I, I, I agree with you. I just don't think that he adds – he doesn't add – that he, I could, he, he could be there or he could not be there. And yet I still think the MCU could survive. Does that make sense? I know it's really Yeah, no, that, that's, I, um, I still think he's a top 10 character, but I, I, it, I left him lower on the list because yeah. I wasn't necessarily as high on him as, I mean, again, Iron Man's my number one. And you'd think, and definitely my top five is full of recurring characters. And he's one of the few ones that just isn't. So my number seven is going to be a completely off the wall pick, but it's Howard Stark. Howard Stark. Okay. Um, and I and I and the notes that I have here are: Let's be honest. Without him, none of this would exist. Tony Shield, Stark Industries, the Super Soldier Program, none of it. His intellect, his knowledge, his wit are all the reasons why this entire universe, this entire team exists and again spending some time you know again being in quarantine watching some of these movies over again you just you realize how noticeable and how present uh, uh howard stark is throughout all of these movies and yeah. how much of a presence he truly has and the actors who have played him have done an amazing job keeping it consistent from young Howard Stark, you know, middle-aged Howard Stark to old Howard Stark. You know, I was watching Iron Man 2 the other day and um, just watching that moment in the, in the movie where he's, he's on the, you know, he's going through the reel and he goes, Tony. Tony, you're too young to understand this right now. So I thought I would put it on film for you. I built this for you. And someday you'll realize that it represents a whole lot more than just people's inventions. It represents my life's work. This is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time. But one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you 
and you watch Tony Stark's face light up like, holy crap, he's talking to me. So I think, I think acknowledging the MCU, you have to acknowledge Howard Stark and the, and the contributions he's made. Did you ever watch um, Agent Carter, the uh, miniseries on ABC? No, and you know, I know I need to, but no, I have not. So the only reason I say that is because it kind of bolsters your argument that he is a character in there and you see more. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's definitely focused on Agent Carter, but he also plays a pretty significant role in there, as does Jarvis. And so if you start bringing in, you know, we're kind of focusing mostly in on the movies here. But if you start to bring in these other pieces like TV and even there's some comics too, you can start to really bolster this argument of this character is really, really key to what's going on because um, they've been doing this for 40 years <laughs> since before these movies were the, the movies in the timeline were, yeah. uh, were happening. So it's, well, it, that's think worth it's, a watch if you're, if you're a Stark fan. Yeah, I think it's also worth pointing out, too, that it's not just Tony who has the relationship with Howard Stark. Cap has a relationship with Howard Stark. It's just, you know, 70 years apart, you know. So, yeah. you know, it, it, it's 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 a very interesting um, just kind of setup that you have going on. And then when you find out later on about how Howard and, and his wife die, you know, all those different things, it's it, 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 it's it's an amazing I just I think you cannot acknowledge the MCU without acknowledging Howard Stark. Yeah. Number seven. So this is the only one that really is channeling my inner Disney store. All right. And I put him in there solely because of the amount of product he sells. And so at number seven, I have Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. Okay. Podcast like that. Um, <laughs> switch, um, switch your switch your your Groot translation over because we're just going to continue to say I am Groot the rest of the podcast. The rest of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; he's a great character. Again, you can argue that there is a little bit of an arc of Guardians of the Galaxy one. You get like adult Groot, then you have baby Groot, and then in the Infinity Saga, the two movies, you have like teenage Groot, and so his character evolves a little bit. But from a product standpoint, Groot is what people want. People love Groot. We have no problem selling anything with Groot. And to be honest with you, when we didn't have things with Groot on it, yeah. people were coming in and asking, where's Groot? I'm some, Somebody needs something Groot. I need something Groot. Yeah. And I think that they did a really, I think it's really smart how they, they did again, Groot, baby Groot, teenage Groot. You got to see the full personality. I mean, ironically, you're actually dealing with two different Groots. You're dealing with original Groot and then you're dealing with baby, you know, child Groot, which are two different, two different characters altogether. But um, it, I agree. I think, I think it's, I think it's a fun pick. I like that pick. Yeah. It's definitely so, more of a fun. My number six is I'm going to kind of get off the, the Iron Man. You know, I, I went Iron Man, Pepper Potts, Jarvis, Howard Stark. I'm going to get away from that, that line of thought now. And I'm going to go to another, staple of the mcu and that is captain america he is my number six is he is he on your list yeah he was my number two so my my one two were iron man captain america so um let's hear your thoughts and i'll chime in afterwards yeah so i again i i the reason why he is further down on the list for me so he's obviously more i think he's more important than iron man in my opinion um is that 
he's the first Avenger. He is the first of this program. He spans a much longer time period due to being frozen in ice. He also is the face of the Avengers. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's the golden boy, if you will. He's the moral, he's the ethics, he's the compass. But what really makes him interesting is that, you know, when you get to civil war and he decides to, to, to kind of, get away from the government part of it and is like, look, I'm going to do this the way that I want to do this. Uh, you start to see a different, different side of cap. You get to start to see the, the rebellious side of cap. It's almost like he's in his teenage years at this point, at that point, even though he's really not. I also think, and, and I had, I wrote this down when I, when I put him in here and I'm going to read it word for word. Uh, he's the one who started it all super soldier to defend America shield before shield. Uh, decade, um, decades before Fury would even think of an Avengers initiative, his character has the deepest character arc of the entire MCU, in my opinion. He goes from longing to want to be a soldier to longing to want to have a normal life with Peggy Carter. And I think that it's some of the most dramatic storytelling of all 23 episodes. How about you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I almost don't want to say anything because you summed it up. So I'm just going to say it again, where the, he, he's crashing the aircraft into the ice in Captain America, the first Avenger saying, save me that dance, save me that dance. And, um, and that comes full circle in Endgame, where he goes back and they're dancing and you go, oh man, like that just, that hits home. So it, it, yeah, there's, Great character. Well, great character. I have a full Captain America costume. He's probably the one that I have the most uh, merch of. I also have to, I also have to just can't leave Captain America without saying that that's America's ass is all I got to (laughs) say. So just, just saying it's there. So move on. Uh, All right. Who is your number six? (laughs) Number six. I have Dr. Strange. Ah, nice. Okay. So the reason I don't have him higher, because I do think from an impact standpoint on the MCU, in the one film he's been in, standalone anyway, he's made a huge impact, plus the, you know, obviously huge Infinity War and Endgame player. I'm still waiting to see more, and I know we're getting a sequel, and I'm really excited about it. But I just think that some of the other characters that I have on this list have just done more than what Doctor Strange has done. But the the coolness that Doctor Strange brought, you know, the heroes before this, you got Iron Man, who's really strong in a suit. You've got Captain America, who's really strong. You've got Thor, who's really strong and has a hammer. You've got the Hulk, who's really strong and green. Like you, you have kind of this like, okay, they have superpowers and they're really strong. That's really cool. Like there's variations, but fine. Whereas Dr. Strange was the first one to introduce us to this mystical arts and this mm-hmm. whole idea that there's yeah. another type of power out there that's probably even more powerful than raw strength. And I think that's, I think that that impact has not necessarily fully been felt in the MCU quite yet. So it's funny because I also had Doctor Strange on my list um, at number four, um, okay. but I had him tied. I don't want to say tied. I had him kind of mixed in. I cheated a little bit and put the Ancient One slash Doctor Strange um, because I feel that those two characters, while they are two separate characters, they are one and the same. When the Ancient One ends up 
dying or, you know, ends up her, her spirit ends up leaving her. He takes over in that role of kind of the ancient one, the protector of the time stone. The sorcerer um, supreme. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, I have it here as one and the same as strange becomes the protector of the time stone. Once she perishes, she's on the list. So the reason why I have her on the list with him is because of how she guards the time stone when they go back in Endgame and Hulk tries to go get it from her and she already knows what's going on. In order to return the stones, you have to survive. We will. I will. I promise. I can't risk this reality on a promise. It's the duty of the Sorcerer Supreme to protect the time stone. And why the hell did Strange give it away? What did he say? Strange, he gave it away. He gave it to Thanos. Willingly? Yes. Why? I have no idea. Maybe he made a mistake. Or I did. You're about five years too early. Strange down is that a couple blocks over performing a, you know, something surgery right now, you know, in about five years, you know, she knows she has this entire mindset of, of what's going on, which just, I think plays into what you were saying a few minutes, a few moments ago of this idea of the mystic arts. Right. And so when strange, when they're, when they're up there on, um, uh, Thanos's, planet which name is escaping me at the moment when they're up there um after they you know when they're fighting thanos and and strange says you know look there's there's only one way out of this and he ends up giving the time stone to thanos that is again that same art that same um that 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 sorcerer supreme coming out of him guarding the time stone in such a way that it introduces that mystical element so i i'm with you i think I think Doctor Strange is a linchpin that we have not seen truly develop yet, and I think she is an extension of that. If you notice, I've, I've really played hard on some of these these side characters because they play such an important part, and I think that the two of them are, are one and the same. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our partners. Hey, Beers and Ears listeners. Casey and Matt here. You've heard us talk about our partner, Riss and Cal. You know, we've touched on their wireless earbuds, which connect right to your smartphone. But they've also got a lot of other great stuff as well. I use their 4-in-1 charging station every day. It can charge my phone, a smartwatch that charges with a magnet, and even my earbuds. You can also check out their Bluetooth selfie stick, a 3-in-1 charger, and even a silicone accessory kit that comes in either black or white. Yeah, you know, this company checks the two boxes that I love in a product, which is great quality product without having to pay an arm and a leg. I've been playing around with the accessory kit. So this comes with uh, rubber things for the earbuds so they don't fall out of my ears and things to hold the earbuds so they stay in. I always have a terrible time with that and these uh, work like a charm. So go to fourfrills.com shop and use coupon code BEERS, B-E-E-R-S. You'll get 15% off your order, plus a free $10 gift of your choice when you spend $50 or more. And if you have trouble picking just one thing, they've even got a 31-piece bundle that includes everything. Don't forget that a portion of their profits will go to help local charities in need. All right, back to the show. 
All right. So my number five, right? Number five. Yep. So <laughs> is the is is an off the wall pick. It's the last off the wall pick I've got. Um, <laughs> you're gonna go. What? My number five is a character that is actually never named in all 23 movies, but is present in all 23 movies. Interesting. And that is the Watcher. So for those of you who don't know the theory of the Watcher. Mm. Uh, uh, he goes, I believe it's Uatu, uh, U-A-T-U, um, character created by Stan Lee in 1963 to observe the goings on and on earth. So Stan Lee, as we all know, has made a cameo in every Marvel movie that he was able to do so while alive. And he continues to make cameos, whether it's in pictures or, or whatever, but the watcher is the theory that Stan Lee is this he's the he's one character he is the watcher but he takes all these different forms to observe what is going on in the mc mcu um and i apparently that you know when you look at his cameo in gardens the galaxy 2 it looks like feige and 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 marvel studios kind of confirmed the theory that the, yes this is who this is by putting him kind of up on this moon as the rocket ship goes by and he's trying to explain what he's been while he's been on earth I the reason why he's on that list to me, even though he plays such my I mean, he literally plays 10 seconds in every movie. Right. So the reason why he's on that list to me, though, is it speaks to Marvel's ability to create meta universes like it has done. You know, when you first had the philosophy of putting together an individual movie we're going to do Captain America. We're going to do Iron Man. We're going to do Hulk. We're going to do Thor. And now we're going to bring them all together for this one epic moment. That was unheard of at the time. And then to be able to have all these little end jokes, including this, but the end joke is also tied to a greater universe. I just think that's amazing storytelling, even though it's only certain people will ever get it. You know, the average layperson will never get it, but if they're told about it, they look for it. And then now they start to see those things string together. So that's why he's on the list for me. Interesting. Yeah. That, that's another <laughs> character that they could very easily bring in. There's some really great comic book arcs with the watchers in it that they could bring in as, um, as the MCU progresses. So in- interesting pick. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's so your number, number five? Yeah. My number five is black widow. All right. Nice. I'm, gonna start to sound like a broken record here but the 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 arc that she has where you first meet her in iron man 2 and you think oh it's just some some very attractive assistant and then you go oh no she is actually a very um capable shield agent and assassin and uh operative and and she is a person that can hold her own but i think that she she gets these other dimensions that are not just, Oh, I'm a super cool assassin. Like you see her in winter soldier kind of helping cap get acclimated with life back in modern times. And then in the, in end game to have her be the one that sacrifices herself for the soul stone is, is is a really cool friendship between her and Clint. And I really enjoyed that. She was not a character that I really liked until like Infinity War, to be honest with you. And then I really started to get on board. 
Yeah, I don't have much more to say about Black Widow except to say that she is an amazing. I I, I teetered whether I was going to put her on this list or not. Um, I had a feeling you probably would, uh, so I didn't really. I just I kind of played that to my advantage, I guess. But no, <laughs> I, I I agree, and in the, the way she self sacrifices herself um, in Endgame, um, you know, versus Clint, the way that whole battle goes down, it had me just you know crying like a little baby in the theater. So uh, no, I, I I can't say it any better than that. I think that she her arc is amazing. I'm excited to see her movie now in November. Um, <clears throat> I know there's been some criticism about it, but I'm still going to go see it with bells on. So I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, uh, what was your, I, I don't have a number four because I already gave mine. So what was your number four? So number four enters the villainous characters uh, part right. of my list. Right. I really overall, the MCU in my mind has a little bit of a villains problem. And okay. some of that comes from, there's these villains in the comics that span over years and years of comics and are this constant thorn in the side of the Avengers and these villains are defeated in two hours. Mm-hmm. And so you go, oh, this like larger than life villain is defeated in two hours. Great, great, awesome. <laughs> but the there's a couple villains and it's actually my three and four. So we'll start with four and that is Loki. I think that Loki is such an interesting, interesting character because, I mean, clearly he's the villain in... Thor and the Avengers like he's clearly trying to like take over Earth with the Chitauri and things like that but then his role kind of becomes more fluid where it's this wait is he on is he on the side of Thor is he not um is he is he a good guy is he a bad guy what what's it's like an anti-hero kind of yeah he's a great great want to root for him yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, it similarly to Winter Soldier and Falcon, I'm so excited for the Disney Plus series that is going to be centered around Loki to get more of this anti-hero type yeah. series. And to me, that's what just makes him the villain that you want to see in your comic book movie. When when you watch Avengers, you you want to see the Loki scenes where he's imprisoned and being interrogated by Black Widow, where he makes the the conversation with Stark when he's yelling at the Hulk, like his his bravado with it is just so great. My number three is Thanos. He is my number two. So okay. yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I you know I just talked a lot about about Loki. Go ahead and you you take Thanos. So yeah, Thanos again, when you talk about villains, um I again I don't necessarily see the um the MCU is having as big of a villain problem as you do, but I'm not as into the, uh, the comic books as you are, but here, here's why I'm going to re- read you what I wrote and then I'll expound upon it as a villain. His meth- methodical thinking lasted through multiple movies, the way they teased him from movie to movie, built him up, whether it was Damien Portier's, uh, the way he pr- portrayed him at the end of Avengers. And then Josh Brolin knocks it out of the park. His character makes you feel angry sad, empathetic, and introspective at the same time. And what I mean by that is you're pissed at this guy, right? You're pissed at this guy. You're pissed at what he's doing. You know, he's, he's killing people. He's slaughtering innocents. 
But when you look at his motivation, when you look at his rationale for, look, I'm trying to ease the burdens on on the system that we all live in and wipe out half of humanity or half of just living creatures so that the other half can can live sustainably. You look at that just for a moment and go, hmm, well, I can see why he thinks that, but wouldn't it make more sense to snap additional resources into existence versus snap out the humanity, you know, the, the living creatures? So there's there's a number of factors there that that make him such a complex character. You know, the way he cares for Gamora. And then, of course, you hate him with the way that he treats, you know, Nebula, right? You know, so it just uh, he I think I remember at the Disney store with you when the trailer for infinity wars would come on and, and they, they ran that every hour for months months <laughs> and but i i remember people in the store ourselves included would stop and we would turn towards the monitor and watch as he talked about you know the feeling of wanting something so badly but losing it just the same right and and yeah the the first time you hear him actually speak uh-huh. is in Guardians of the Galaxy volume volume one. Yep. And it's when Ronan goes to see him and his opening line, Ronan says, I only ask that you take this matter seriously. And Thanos just says, the only thing I take seriously, boy. And just how he says that is like, oh, he means business. The only matter I do not take seriously, boy, is you. Your politics bore me. Your demeanor is that of a pouty child. And apparently, you alienated my favorite daughter, Gamora. I shall honor our agreement, Kree, if you bring me the order. But return to me again empty-handed, and I will bathe the stallways in your blood. Like it, it, it builds him up as this, this is a guy that does not mess around. He, okay. He's got some pawns, but he's the ultimate guy in control. And then infinity war is kind of a movie that is more centered around Thanos than it is centered around any of the heroes. Okay. So number two on my list, and I'm I'm just surprised that he's not on your list. And that is Spider-Man. I view Spider-Man as one of the most, most, most important characters of the MCU. When we were building up towards the Infinity Saga and, and, you know, you had Civil War, because that's when you first see him introduced, right? Um, There was talk about about the idea of trying to get Spider-Man on loan, if you will, from, from Sony, right? And how important it would be to the the characters, to the to, to the saga, to to the Avengers, because he plays such an important role. Then on top of that, you add the fact that Spider-Man is a franchise in and of itself. I mean, you know this from the Disney store that when you set a Marvel wall, you've got Marvel and you've got Spider-Man. Spider-Man's its own little thing. And 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 Spider-Man, and and I think you and I have had this conversation before, behind, I don't even want to say behind, along with Superman, Batman. You've got Spider-Man. That is the tri- the triad of what little kids identify when it comes to superheroes. Yeah. So to win Spider-Man over and to have him, for lack of a better term, 
cameo in Captain America Civil War and then get his own movie and then have him start to cameo and start to be in all these other these other movies and then have his you know second movie of his own with, with you know Spider-Man Far From Home. I, I just feel that Tom Holland and the way he has played Spider-Man has added a level of youthfulness to the Avengers that otherwise would not be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, this, it really is a glaring omission from my list. Um, it, it, I, I had him in, I had a final 15 and I had him in my final 15 and again, hemmed and hawed and went, okay, well, if I put him in, I got to leave this character out. And it, 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 it <laughs> if we were doing a top 15, he's in, but just in, in this iteration of my top 10, just it, it, he, he got left out. Fair enough. Fair enough. No worries. So my number one, my number one on the list um, is, is my, I almost say he's my favorite, but he's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Nick Fury. Um, Nick Fury, he is present in almost all these movies in some capacity, right? Without him, the shield would not exist. Without him, the Avengers initiative without would it would not exist. The minute you see Samuel L. Jackson show up in Iron Man and say, I am Iron Man, you're just part of a larger universe and you just don't know it yet, Mr. Stark. I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. You know, that that, in my opinion, are some of the most powerful moments that as Feige and his directors were building this world. Those cameos, those post credit scenes, which oftentimes did involve Fury, or, you know, in the case of Iron Man 2, he had a much larger role. You know, in Captain Marvel, he he's the center of attention along with Captain Marvel. Fury is the glue that holds all this together, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's another one that just was in my top 15 and just got left off. I think, I, I think while he is a character that, you know, is kind of a little bit of the glue that holds things together, I... I still don't see him as impactful as some of the other characters that I have on my list. Okay. But also now that I'm thinking about that statement, I'm, I'm maybe <laughs> convincing myself of something otherwise. So, I mean, no, no problems with, I, I have no problems with you putting him at number one, put it that way. I'm not here to try to talk you down from that. I, I think that's a great pick. Yeah. I think that, no matter where you look at the, you know, we, we came up with what probably 16 characters between the two of us. We hit the big ones, you know, the big yeah. ones are on there and, and yeah, you, you out there may have a different opinion. Well, what about this character? What about this character? I think it to suffice it to say each of these characters is a puzzle piece to a much larger puzzle that if it wasn't there, the puzzle would not look nearly as complete. And Feige and his entire creative team over at Marvel studios deserve the biggest standing ovation I think you could possibly give to be able to not only do what they did, but keep the relevance, the relevance alive. Well, um, I'm looking at our clock, Matt, we are way past closing time. The bartender is going to cut us off here. Uh, so <laughs> I think we need to wrap up our episode here. Matt, how do people get a hold of us? Yeah. Email us at beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com let us know your top 10 uh, let us know what we got right what we got wrong what do you think please contact us we love hearing from you um, on twitter and instagram it's beers ears 1928 we also got a facebook group beers and ears podcast feel free to join up uh, great 
community that we have here. We love our beers and yours community. Um, and new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So keep checking back on you wherever you get podcasts, Tuesday and Fridays. And as always, rate and review us. Five stars, five stars. Leave a nice review. We love those. That really helps our podcast out. Yeah, so as we close up, I ask two things of our audience right now. Thing number one, if everybody listening to the show, everybody, just every single person, there's, there's however many of you, were to share this with one other Marvel or Disney or Star Wars fan in your life right now, say, listen to this new podcast I'm listening to, that would literally double our audience, right? So that's huge. That's a big deal. And then number two, like Matt said, if you're enjoying our show, please go rate us. Please go rate us. Please go give us a five star. That's how we're able to be found when someone searches for a Disney podcast. We pop up at number one or number two or number three versus number 40, right? So if you can do those two things, we would be eternally grateful. Um, so with that said, thank you guys. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we'll see you real soon. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Beers and Ears listeners, one last thing before we snap out today's show. If you liked the remix version of the Avengers theme that you heard throughout today's episode, I wanted to make sure you could find it. Check out the YouTube channel of Approaching Nirvana to locate it. He even offers a free download for you. Thanks for listening.